Okay, so we've kicked off with uh, Let's Not Wrestle Mount Heart, Heart Attack by uh, Liars. And um, I'm welcoming uh, Matt Cargill from uh, Sly and the Family Drone uh, onto the podcast this week. Hi, Matt. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, great. Yeah. So, um, Liars, really interesting. Um, really sort of all over the place, that track. So, how did you sort of come across them and why did you pick them to sort of open this? Uh, well, I think, so this was off of their, like, third album. Um, I'd first seen them, uh, excuse I reckon this, this podcast is basically going to be about me talking about times I've seen bands, that's but maybe that's fine. fine as well. Um, so I, I went, I came down to the garage uh, in London, Islington, to see McCluskey, uh, and they... And there were two other bands on the bill that I had no idea who they were, and I, you know, wasn't particularly interested in seeing them. But the first band opening was the AAS. Um, so Karen O comes out like pouring Stella all over herself, like lipstick everywhere, screaming like in the crowd. And I was like, this is, you know, one of the best things I've ever seen. I was like, what, sixteen at the time, something like that, two thousand and two maybe. Wow. Um, so seeing that, I was like, yes, this is amazing, blow my mind. And then McCluskey played in the middle, so I was still, you know, hyped to see them. They were one of my favourite bands at the time. Um, and then they finished, and I was like, you know, thinking, oh, am I going to get the last train home? Uh, what's what's going to happen? You know, it's getting late. Um, but Liars came out, and the singer, Angus Andrew, is like this six-foot-six, like, tall, lanky... Australian dude with a mullet and a mustache and I was like what's going on and he's wearing like bizarre clothes and the band just look really weird and what's going on and it was just it was just like really sort of just bizarre sort of post-punky kind of dancey kind of weird electronic stuff and I'd not ever seen anything like it and he was like all over the place like you know trashing the joint climbing on the drums like and just the sheer, I don't know, the band were pretty incredible. I can't really remember the set at the time, but I went, I've seen them probably more than any other band since. Um, so I, I sort of followed them from, from that point. Um, yeah, and their first album was like this sort of, yeah, kind of, yeah, sort of post-punky, kind of like really strong bass lines and quite uh, succinct tracks. And then uh, I think they went through, yeah, like a lineup change. Half the rhythm section left, and then they got into, uh, yeah, they wrote this album called, or they released this album called "They Were Wrong, Sorry, Drowned," which was like a concept album about witch trials and stuff, which was amazing. And the song structures kind of changed, and there's sort of weird experimentation going on. But this third album, "Drums Not Dead," is, you know, really the sort of clues in the title, the really percussive um i think at some points they're all playing drums others yeah. there's you know sort of just synths and drums and weird abstract vocals and more sort of uh sort of plaintive soundscape stuff and they i think they released it with it was like they released it with a dvd and there were like loads of remixes of the tracks and there were like three videos for each track on the dvd and it became this huge like you know sort of massive art project um see, that's awesome i mean and i'm um, sort of just reminded <laughs> <laughs> i mean do, do you sort of see some contrast here with the boredoms because that's what i sort of immediately thought when i heard this track again 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like Boredoms were a band that I came to sort of way later, really. Um, so, I, you know, I'd seen like, yeah, yeah sort of all, all these kind of American bands like doing, you know, weird, noisy stuff. And then you start hearing about people like Boredoms and, um, you know, and then getting into like real, you know, deep cut, like noisy Japanese stuff, uh, you know, but it's, it's like anything when you discover a new band and get turned on to other bits. Um, and I, I did actually, I did think about potentially playing um, or choosing like Vision and Create Sun, you know, by the Boredoms for, for this as well. I mean, it's so difficult with, with these sort of lists, you know, it's it's real tough to, to single out a few, but absolutely yeah i think everyone has that problem (laughs) from what i yeah from what i gather of you know the show and and these kind of formats it's like well you know how how can you sort of reference it to you know what what you do in a in a band or you know where your sort of influential points or whatever but um a lot of the stuff i've chosen is all from a pretty similar period of time um i did notice that actually yeah mid to late 2000s um uh and i think i don't know what it really is about that particular time i guess it was when i was sort of getting turned on to more yeah sort of experimental music and sort of seeing these particularly american bands that are coming over and you know there's there's people like um uh upset the rhythm or whatever booking bands in london um so i would always travel down as that was my like club closest sort of big city to, to get to, to to see these bands and it's just blowing my mind man and I think for a lot of people when they uh like when ATP was sort of in its prime and and you know people are or of a similar age sort of all going to to these festivals and and certainly for me having never seen anything like that or heard these kind of bands and it just absolutely like blew my mind and kind of changed everything um and here we are today yeah i think a lot of people kind of reference those atps those um particularly the early ones as being very sort of influential and i think that's probably why we still have um some of that spirit left uh in the uk like in terms yeah. of creative bands like there's people doing really strange stuff almost like as the norm so that's awesome yeah definitely i mean i think you know i sort of growing up we uh you know there's there's so many sort of similar stories of you know chatting to people who who have had a similar experience you know growing up in a small town or village um where this stuff you just don't hear of it your only outlet or you know uh you know before the internet uh you'd listen to like john peel or like appeal session and that would that would be about it and there was never any other way to sort of do it they they weren't really getting coverage in like the enemy or whatever at the time you might get see a tiny little reference and sort of seek that out a little bit but um to to then somehow i don't know i somehow heard about atp you know when you when you've sort of got your couple of years into the internet i guess and then you're seeking stuff out and you everyone used to go on forums and then there's links and then whatever uh, and this was sort of before file sharing as well. So, I, you know, you, you just go to the gigs and then try and get hold of a CD or a record in, in your local shop. Um, and you just sort of spark this sort of exploration. But, yeah, going to a thing like ATP is just 
you know, where it's all there and there's so much happening. And then when I look back at the the Bills years later, like what they played as well, and you you know yeah. I didn't even know who they were, or you miss them, or like yeah, you just sort of spoiled really. They were you know pretty amazing. Absolutely, I mean um, Supersonic have been doing almost like a throwback to like their early posters, and you kind of look at them and you're like, there's bands sort of mm. really low on the bill, which are huge now, and you're like, how did I miss that? Yeah, you know I was probably having lunch or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or you just, yeah, you've like, oh, I, I don't know who they are. So, I, you know, I'll just like hang out with my mates or whatever. And it's always the way you end up just sort of chatting to people for so long. Or, you know, like you said before, it's like a, you know, you sort of yearly catch up with people or whatever. And then, like, oh, right, I am actually here for all these bands as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you have to remember, you know, the actual bands. It's hard to as get, well. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a great, yeah, great thing to get everyone together. But yeah, that's that is what you go for as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, can we talk about Sly? Obviously, um, a lot yes. of people listening to this will know who who you are and and what you do in the band. But like, if people are new to the band, how yeah. how would you, do, you describe it? Because you know, it's it, you can do a really overblown one. I could sort of attempt, yeah, an explanation. Yeah, I mean, but you, you know. can you can you can do one and i can tell you what i think as well separately <laughs> if you want i don't know that's it um... might be the same i i do i mean i always I, I like to hear what other people make of it you know I think, and yeah i think it's... describing your gigs maybe might be might be the best way to describe it i mean the, the best yeah. one i saw was was when we had you in sheffield yes uh, for one of the mains yeah. actually so i think well, well the place we put it on is the audacious art experiment which is now known as hatch it, um, yes, and we offered you the the gig room, which is tiny in itself. <laughs> yeah. And you went, nah, nah, and uh, you set up in the corridor, sort of... pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. I remember we took the sofas out of the That's it. out of the venue, yeah. Yeah. so we could get more people and amps in, uh, and put them in the back of our van, and then set up and played in there. But I sort of remember either like we looked in there and there wasn't we thought oh no there's all this other back line and people would just set up here it'd be fine yeah and then it being yeah super cozy but yeah i love i love that gig it was yeah amazing i love the space and yeah Yeah. and that was i think that was the first time we'd been been to sheffield um and maybe we've only played there twice uh for some reason but one of them was in there and one of them was in the town hall (laughs) so it's quite quite a a uh yeah, a different um, vibe for, you know, the second one was on this like sprung dance floor in the massive wooden, you know, ornate hall. And then the other one was just like, yeah, a corridor in a sort of DIY space. Yeah. So was the one... I know which one I preferred. <laughs> but, yeah. So was the one at City Hall, was that um, part of tram lines? Was it like a... Sorry, City, of course, not town. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um I can't really remember how that came about or why we got asked, but we ended up playing in this, yeah, beautiful, amazing old room. Um, yeah. And people seem to be into it. I mean, yeah, obviously with a big festival like that, you know, not everyone's there for you um, or anyone, you know, who, who knows? Um, but it, yeah, it was still, still good fun. I think we, you know, it went, went down well and they, uh, yeah, they had like a, an led sprung dance floor. So it was like, playing in some sort of weird 70s disco 
It's great. Yeah. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah. Tramlines is a weird one. I mean, it brings out kind of venues that haven't been used for ages um, and you end up with bands playing yeah. completely strange places that they probably might not have before. But yeah, I mean, that that um, audacious gig, yeah, yeah, that'll live in my head forever, I think. It was just such a strange um, situation. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we literally yeah. like who, who else played? Can you can you remember? Oh, do you know what we did? So I've many got, of those made gigs. Yeah. Then I've I've got the poster played. somewhere. I do. I keep I keep oh, all right. the flyers that if I you know if I can, um, I'll think, have to look it up. I but have to yeah, say, I think you're the only band that has given back beer that we've got for them. That was wow. amazing. I, I gave you like a big bag. There was a, and you were there like, was a lot of ale, I, I seem to remember. You're like, take yeah. it back, take it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Fair you know, enough. Thank, thanks very much. Yeah, um, one of the few people that, that do actually bother to, you know, read a rider and go, oh, yeah, here's some nice, you know, yeah. or just, you know, that bit of sort of extra consideration that's, you know, it's always, always appreciated when someone tucks in. That's not to say, oh, yeah, we don't want it take it back it's just like <laughs> this is too much beer yeah um but yeah no amazing but yeah that that gig was was really special yeah um, um and i think probably at, at the time we were we were maybe a two-piece um just me and kaz so just me me and a drummer um i think um yeah, and we've sort fun. of yeah we've sort of you know morphed over, over the years but um yeah for that around that sort of time we you know um things like this liars drums not dead album were were a real sort of big influence and um i mean some people it might be just blatantly obvious like oh yeah they've just <laughs> that's exactly where they get it from but i th- i do think that the sort of you know over the course of of the show and the other bits that we'll listen to it, it will sort of start to make a bit more sense it's not just going oh yeah we want to sound like that for that that was never really a consideration but there's certain touch points or you know I, I was asking Kaz um the drummer you know what he sort of felt about um well the, this Liars album in particular and he was like well that, that was the first the first one I sort of remember hearing was was that um um you know let's let's not wrestle um and that he he was like that always I will always go back to that one because that that was the first sort of liars track I heard and it you know it's this amazing sort of explosive drum like tom rolling stuff and then yeah there's sort of weird chanting and all kinds of stuff going on um and for somebody who's never really heard stuff like that it's really really exciting and mm. yeah so it's a special special album to to us and yeah me me personally as well yeah definitely i mean um, I, I kind of um, tried to describe your music to a friend before. Um, yeah. Before we sort of started recording, and the best I can, the best description I could come up with is almost like a ritual. It, it seems like uh, you yeah. you're hitting something, you know, a little bit trancy at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, um, you know, we get into a yeah. There's a, you know, there's no. There's no guitars. Um, that was always a, bi- a big sort of point of, of what I wanted to try and do. You know, all, all when I started Sly, it was, well, it was a solo thing, but I, I was re- always adamant that I wanted to do a band that didn't have any guitars because all our mates' bands had done that and, and we didn't really see. I was like, oh, yeah, but you can, you know, with, with pedals or whatever, you can make a guitar not sound like a guitar. But I didn't even want to have that starting point. I wanted to have 
you know, your sound source is something totally different. Um, whether that be a drum itself or, you know, the voice or whatever. But I was like, oh, yeah, but it's just, you know, playing a chord or whatever. You've That's always your starting point. But if you take that away, you can do anything, you know. And I, I always found that it was, it was sort of a restriction I wanted to put on myself. But also it was quite freeing to be able to, like, yeah, you don't have to play, yeah, anything. You can just, yeah, yeah I mean, do whatever you want. It looks like a lot of fun. It, yes yeah yeah i mean it yeah it's, it, it is it you know we always play in in the round you know sort of well if people can get around sometimes yeah. in a corridor it's a bit <laughs> cozy but um but yeah I, you know and I, I like that sort of physicality and like you know the live element people always people always talk about us being sort of a live band um but i do feel like they're sort of separate entities and that you can still go to a record and listen to that as a separate thing. Um, or, you know, take it away as a, a little sort of memento of the show. But, um, yeah, the, the live aspect and the performance is, yeah, you want people to come out to the, the, the gigs and, and share this kind of experience. You know, there's, there's a moment, there's a thing happening in the room and it's you know it's it's largely improvised as well. There are sort of elements that we will touch on, but there's yeah it's, it's sort of semi-improvised drum and sax and sort of feedback loops and pedals and electronics of whatever kind mm. making this sort of yeah you know and it goes through you're saying this sort of ritual you know there's definite sort of peaks and troughs it's not just like this massive like wall of noise for half an hour there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there but yeah it's it's hard to describe and especially for for an audience that don't necessarily know or wouldn't have seen it's yeah semi-improvised drums and sax and noise there you go yeah that's a good description i think yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> so, um yeah so we're, we're gonna sort of talk through um quite a few tracks tonight one of the tracks you picked was uh, a band called big a little a um yes so this is this is completely new to me but like the two minutes that this takes up is just mind-blowing so yeah how did you come across this one i think i mean i don't uh, i don't think i ever saw them um but again i think it came out in about 2006 or seven um, I might be wrong. I'm trying to look at the record. Oh yeah, apparently 2007 on Deleted Art. Um, I think they're they're maybe from New York, um, or you know Brooklyn or, or something. But I also might be wrong. It's quite hard to find them online. There's not a lot written about them. Yeah, um, I, I had to I had to find them on YouTube actually. So yeah, yeah. There's, and when you look when you try and look up Big A Little A, you always just get a crass song. Yes, um, that happened to me. Yeah, it's 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 nothing <laughs> like that. Um, you know, again, there's it's there's a there's a lot of drums happening and acoustic sort of sound sources, and then kind of electronics as well. But I remember seeing this footage of them playing. It's that like out on a sort of an island somewhere in you know in somewhere in New York. They're just on this you know they've gone over a, on a bridge and taken their instruments. And are playing out there, making this sort of wild percussive noise stuff. Uh, I was like, that just looks like the coolest thing going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not like, I mean, I'm 
I might end up talking about this a lot, but there there is. I, I, I never want it to sway into um, you know sort of like hippie drum circle territory, um, which it could almost do, but there's a definite lack of like dreadlocks, you know, and yeah. it's, it's <laughs> and and patchouli. It's not it's not sort of your fire boy, uh music. It's I don't know, man. It just feels way way more sort of intense and kind of visceral and exciting. And not just like a hippie sort of trance festival, you know. Um, yeah, I mean this this track kind of um, it packs all in. I think that's how I'd describe it. it yeah, it feels very tightly packed, and you know the two minutes doesn't feel like two minutes. It feels like yeah. a lot longer. It's it's quite a short record, I think. Um, but yeah, and there's you know there are a few a few different elements going on there. But the yeah, I think the sound of the drums in particular is is really is really you know, it was really great. Um, and it mixes so well with the electronics and that was sort of something that, you know, Sly were, were interested in. Um, when I, yeah, when it first started out, it was just me doing sort of tapes and, and kind of feedback loops and trying to process like tape cassettes. Um, but then when we got a drummer, um, I, I started playing, you know, we, I, I had some drums set up as well and we were sort of like making these sort of weird rhythms and loops out of the tapes and then sort of drumming along with them and trying to make these these sort of strange, quite intense sort of percussive bits. Uh, and then it it sort of evolved from from that really. And, and then hearing bands like this, you know, Big A, Little A and Drums Not Dead, it was like, wow, you know, this there are people doing stuff that doesn't involve guitars at all uh but it's really exciting sort of powerful music um and that that was sort of really exciting at a time when yeah i didn't yeah everyone was like doing guitar bands or whatever um yeah i mean i I guess at that time it was kind of the age of the enemy um you know almost like a brit pop revival Weird yeah. thing going on. Yeah. So it's almost I like think, the antithesis, isn't it? Yeah, there was, and I think there was a lot of stuff happening. I, I might be getting my timelines out of sync slightly, but yeah, there was that certainly in the sort of mainstream as well. But you know, if you, a lot of people in sort of DIY underground like guitar music, I think that was around the time like you know, big scary monsters and stuff were doing a lot of things and like Holy Roar or whatever, and, and a lot of stuff was was coming from there, and I, it just turned me off totally. I just had no interest in any of those bands. And there was I was living around that time, living in, well, 2007 I was in London, then moved back to Reading for a bit, and the gigs that were happening there, there was like all these all days at the face bar and stuff. It was like, what are these, you know, sort of like twiddly guitars and like math rock and stuff i was like man i'm i'm not keen on this at all (laughs) (laughs) so i was like right and then we got on some bills with those sort of bands and we're just you know sticking out like a sore thumb because we're everyone's like you know what is this (laughs) like and we're like you're not even a band like what is this did you just find it hard to sort of find a home initially with that kind of music i think yeah it took it took a long time man we've you know we been on so many like weird bills with other with people but i i for a long time well i still do kind of like that that 
but you have a varied and, and different bill because uh, yeah I, I'm not that interested in going to see four of exactly the same thing on a on a bill whenever yeah um but yeah with some you know some of the things we do yeah we play and we you know people would just not be keen at all <laughs> like you know we'd get yeah like you know heckled and bottled and stuff and we got a bit of a scrap a couple of times <laughs> like it's, uh for whatever reason um see i mean but, i feel yeah, like that's like a, uh, that's like a almost like a mark of um you know you've done your time uh, and you've kind of believed in what you're doing <laughs> well, sort of yeah. Thing. yeah it's i mean it's 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 taken a long time you know that was that's like well yeah that's like uh 10 12 years ago now um and it, we, I've, I have been doing that, yeah, since then. Uh, and, and sort of, I was kind of having this conversation the other day. It's like, what do you, you're not entirely sure what it is you're striving for, but it feels important to at least try, you know, to keep sort of active and, and uh, you know, playing music because you feel like you want to share it with people or, you know, you, you have this sort of, you know i'm not sure what it is yeah. <laughs> but i hope i hope you understand that feeling though at least. absolutely yeah that kind um, of um like striving to be maybe original striving to maybe um just put something out there like yeah yeah if it people feels, enjoy it that's great it's important so. to exactly yeah yeah and if, if it finds an audience that's that's also that's amazing you know that's that's a that's a massive bonus if if it resonates with people in some way and they they're getting something from it yeah you know, that's why i like to hear what how people interpret it for themselves you know there's no discernible lyrics or whatever but but when you sort of read reviews or what people have said about it they they can they attribute it to something that resonates with them and it might not be coming from the same place but it's really exciting to hear what people get from that and that's you know you, you can you can apply that to all kinds of music but um yeah, that's that's really really special to you know hear that stuff back. Yeah, I imagine it's even more satisfying when you know that you're making music that might be a bit obtuse and might not be sort of everyone's um, immediate cup of tea. Yeah, well. yeah, definitely. It's it's um, yeah. I mean, it's you know massive sort of pleasant surprise. You don't you never do these things for like yeah sort of or certainly not. Uh, consciously maybe subconsciously you do but uh when when it lands with people and, and they and they get something from it that's you know that's that's really great it's a good feeling yeah yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> all right um we'll, we'll play this uh big a little a song um this is called manshake um so i hope people uh, enjoy it as much as you did
so that was uh, Manshake by Big A, Little A. Um, and we're going to talk about um, a band that we've just been talking off air about them, actually. Uh, Black Dice, really interesting band. So we'll talk about how, how they transitioned quite a lot um, from like almost like a grindy sort of approach to just a com- almost like a completely different sound. Um, I mean, we're playing a track off, I don't know, say mid-era stuff is that right yeah i'd say this yeah i think i think this record came out in 2007 and what beaches and canyons was what 2002 or three that's right something yeah. like that so yeah after that they sort of like early kind of yeah like straight up nasty grind records and they put out this you know really beautiful long uh sort of yeah sort of soundscapey experimental stuff and people like what is you know then the people that at their shows like who who is this what are you doing <laughs> like you know <laughs> totally bizarre sort of change of direction but that's amazing like i really you know i really love that that bands can straight up do that and, and want to sort of challenge what they're doing and and what sort of people expect of of you as a band you know probably where people still go into the shows expecting them to be you know the same sort of i think i think i remember reading or hearing in interviews that you know they used to be pretty confrontational and you know get up all up in, in people's faces and stuff and then they they became this yeah well three boots and canyons and then into these sort of uh the sort of mid-era albums that we're talking about now they like yeah losing the sort of live drums eventually and then just being sort of sampler and kind of electronic based um still with a little bit of guitar in there but it barely ever sounds like a guitar which yeah you know i've mentioned before <laughs> yeah so um did you come across this band through its album or or did were you sort of like listening to them all the way through i th- yeah i think probably probably the mid era stuff i sort of had like happened upon first because at, at the time i was sort of discovering them so so this um and the previous album um broken ear record i would have heard and and then sort of going back to, to beaches and canyons and then seeking out other stuff and you know they've done collaborations with wolf eyes and sort of yeah really bizarre sort of off the wall kind of quite i don't know i really hate the word like trippy or wacky but they like quite <laughs> esoteric sort of bizarre like sample based stuff and then like eric copeland's solo stuff is just absolutely mad like it's like listening to snatches of the radio but it's sort of pitch shifted up and it's like just dialing through and I think I remember hearing an interview and he's talking about, you know, hearing stuff like walking through the streets and just like snatches of like a car or an open window. And it's like all these sort of weird samples going on and it could be for all kinds of music, um, which is really cool. And I like when I started Sly, I used to get um, the very first tape project we we I did was um, I used to collect up tape cassettes when you could still find like you know if someone's like driving the car and it gets chewed up and they chuck it out of the window yeah and it and you could actually find the physical material like blown about in the street or whatever i used to collect that and make like cut it back in and and re-spool it and make these sort of collages out of discarded tapes and you obviously you never know what's going to be on there because it's just a bit of brown material but so it could all be like snatched up and snarled or melted or twisted or whatever. So it could mm. play backwards, so it could drop out. And the whole point was sort of 
trying to exploit the sound of these sort of how you could affect a normal sort of straight up sounding piece of music and by sort of physically manipulating the uh, the tangible thing to to get the sound of you know how that affects the sonic sort of quality um and here hearing stuff like that yeah feel, feels the same yeah definitely i mean my only attempt to sort of take manipulation was um i left a cassette of waltzer music in the sun for like yeah. a month <laughs> but there you go and Perfect. it just sounded like a haunted <laughs> fairground it was amazing um yeah absolutely yeah, it's, it's just like those little yeah, adventures you can have on your own just just sort of creating yeah. stuff from nothing essentially definitely and yeah and you know sort of there is sort of this obsession with uh uh kind of discarded or you know outdated source material in in yeah sort of noise or experimental stuff you know it runs into tapes or or whatever but um yeah, this, I don't know if it's a nostalgic thing or, you know, trying to, uh, yeah, exploit the sort of uh, the limitations of the medium or there's all these kind of things. And like Black Dice kind of have that sort of feeling, I think, in their like process. They did, um, you know, I interviewed them a couple of times. I used to do a zine called Half a Pigeon. Um, cool. And yeah, I met up with it like I been to see them a couple of times and met up with them um i think one issue was i interviewed them at the dome in tufnell park and they'd bought they had this huge rig and there's a massive pa in there and it's like real intense pounding and they've got these mad projections and visuals going on and it's just like an assault it was just absolutely yeah. rinsing um but yeah you know there's little snatches of sort of yeah samples and and kind of little drum pad hits but it's it's i don't know sort of it's not normal sounding drum pads they they i don't know they're either pitched up or they sound like little go-go's or something there's sort of weird like salsa percussion or something going on and just totally mint but yeah hearing them talk about where they get these sort of you know where that music comes from was was really exciting and yeah they're they're yeah still still one of my favorite bands Maybe. Yeah, I, I feel like um, we should really urge people to go out and listen to all of their stuff. Really, I mean, it's it's such creative, um, strange out there stuff, and it has yeah. influenced and a I lot mean, of people as well, hasn't it? So, for sure. I mean, there's yeah, there's. The, I, I wish they were still, you know, I because I, I, these sort of I don't know what the people from Big A Little A are up to now. You know, I'm, I'm trying to sort of figure out what people are up to you know and as these bands move on that was like a time and a place and it sounded like that but yeah the next album might be totally different so it's always really exciting to try and seek out what what people have have done since or are up to now absolutely yeah um, so yeah i Get think um there's quite a lot of um quite a lot of that within um sort of uk hardcore and stuff as well i think you know people sort of might have played bass for a band back in the 90s and then they crop up in a band later on and you're like, yeah, yeah. it's almost like a big family tree you could probably just draw out and... Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, go back, you know. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, UK sort of underground music and the the, the, the shared members or, yeah, different projects are somehow related. Like, it, you'd go so, yeah, there are so many links, you know, through, through people who've... And that's what sort of 
these kind of like touring or networks that's how it sort of happens and you meet people and you make these links and you discover that there are people in another town that that are into that and then you might become friends or you might you know do a gig together or go on tour mm. or like start posting zines to get well you know i don't know i'm sure I'm, i don't do my zine anymore i'm not really involved so much but the um I'm sure there's still, you know, these massive, massive links um, everywhere, you know, like the, it's so much easier now with the internet, but it's it, those, those sort of bonds that you make with people through, through that connection through music is, is incredible. And, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of scene, I guess you're from um, that, that sort of feeling and that uh, connection is, is still there throughout all of it, you know, yeah. and any sort of underground music. Yeah. I don't know if you've come across this kind of thing, um, you know, being in the scene for as long, or, you know, the scene for as long as you have. <laughs> but yeah. um, have you ever turned up to a gig to watch um, another band and then a support band comes on and you can recognise each member from old bands and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. weren't they in, and I know you yeah. somewhere, and then you catch up with them. Yeah, like, classic. Yeah, you just don't realise. Oh, yeah, I was in them. Yeah, 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 there'd be some all, all day, uh, you know, back in the day, like, about, I don't know, like, at the old angel or something in Nottingham, someone's seen you there in an, an afternoon, like 15 years ago. <laughs> it's Absolutely. like, Oh yeah. I remember those yeah. bands. But yeah, no great, great yeah. stuff. Or, you know, nobody's moved on either way. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It goes both ways. I think <laughs> we're doing the same thing, but yeah, no, no, I, yeah, for sure. It's all good. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll listen to um, this. So this is, um, Roll up by Black Dice, and then we'll be back with some more uh, interesting music. Some absolute crackers coming up. So, um, yeah, here's Black Dice.
So that was uh, Roll Up by Black Dice. Um, we're going to play uh, a band called Coughs, who we've had on the uh, podcast before, and um, I had to sort of admit on the last one when we played it before uh, that I, they completely passed me by. I mean, I'd heard the name, and it, you know, I, I knew that they were playing like ATP around the time and things like that, but I can't believe they passed me by because they're so good. Um, so you've picked a track um, called Eliminate. Um, yes. I don't. This is a weird tangent to go off on, but um, I don't know if you know if they named that after this like reality show. There was like a really, oh, really? strange uh, reality show. I see. I can imagine what that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sort. Of, I think it was multiple. Last one standing. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple people on the same <laughs> to the day to go out with someone. That's it. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So two or three men would go out with a single woman and yeah. they, then she'd like decide who she wanted to date through the date and they'd drop off until there was one left. Very wow, strange. there can be only one. That's amazing. I didn't know that that would be the thing, but yeah, fine. I Maybe it is. That's what came <laughs> up when I searched on YouTube. So, <laughs> you know. oh, right. well, there you yeah. go. You'll be hooked on um, that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it now. Yes, yeah. that's, that's my favourite. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like with coughs generally it's a lot of the lyrics are pretty sort of indecipherable yeah i think they're written somewhere but i just like i absolutely love anya's voice like yeah. I, I never saw them live um i really really wish i had but i remember hearing this album um i think they only did two records or two like albums anyway mm. um what's the second one called secret passage i think um which is totally great as well, but this is the first one I heard, um, and I could have picked any of the tracks off of this this record, um, but this one in particular, I think that, you know, they haven't got any drums; it's just oil drums. It's just barrels that they're smacking, yeah. <laughs> like you know, just like absolutely twatting these oil drums. I was like, wow, what is this? Like you know, heavy sound. Um, and then there's, you know, sax in there and like really distorted bass and yeah, this incredible, incredible vocalist. Um, but um, did you, because being from Lincoln, I don't know if you were around at the time or living in Lincoln now, like Sam from Working Man apparently yes. put them on in Lincoln around the time. Like I think maybe they only did like one tour in England or something, but apparently played in Lincoln. Yeah, um, I think that was the reason why uh, one of my friends, Dave, picked that on his podcast because um, uh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they made the Excellent. effort. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was sadly, I, I was living in Sheffield at the time, so uh, I think all I the see. stuff that Sam did as uh, one Wellington boot, I think he called it. Yes. Um, I yeah, missed great. everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I know Sam, I don't know if you know that, but like we, we went to yes. school together. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Great. Ago, so. I, well, I saw, yeah, I met up with him quite recently. Uh, we went to see Limmy uh, oh, live, which, yep. which was absolutely incredible. And then yeah. we went out to like see some blues lawyers in, or ended up in a blues bar. <laughs> in, like, so, so. Yeah. And that, that was a perfect night. But yeah, we ended up, we were talking about, you know, shows in Lincoln. And, and I, I think he, he told you or he messaged you that night, actually, to say about that KLS show. Um, didn't they play at the Aikido Gaming Bar or something they did. on it that, was that tour? Yeah. 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 Did, did, uh, did who so who's putting stuff on in Lincoln? Like... So there's a group of kind of uh I think they're sort of approaching the end of uni now. 
um, mm. just a, a group, and they've got about maybe six bands between them. They all seem to be in each other's yeah. bands, and they're called the Fenland Hardcore Collective. Um, Great. So yeah, I think some of them are from Boston, uh, which is famous for like UK hardcore stuff. Yeah, from years ago. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, and there's, there's a bit. Some of the bands are kind of shoegazy. Some are kind of just pure noise. There's um, kind of punk stuff, and yeah, they, they just seem to be putting on so much stuff. There's about three venues, and Aikido is becoming the the cool one at the moment. Cause it's like a a basement, and it's only yeah. about forty capacity at most. Great. So yeah, yeah, makes for some Brilliant. amazing stuff. And Careless, obviously. Yeah, what um, band, man? Were yeah. they? Yeah, we we like did their london one and um right uh and they stayed here and stuff and just yeah that that i don't know that just from seeing them sort of reminded me of yeah first sort of seeing these yeah really intense kind of noise bands playing you know they're touring they're quite a long tour coming over and just absolutely going it doesn't matter if they're you know there's like five people there or 50 that it's still the same sort of intense show yeah, and, I, I can't quite the, believe I've not heard them before, really, because um, yeah, yeah, they, they they seem to have been around for a long time, and um, I, I gather it's like not their first UK tour either. So yeah, apparently not. I'm glad but, I've seen them now. Yeah, but you know, playing sort of I've playing in places like Lincoln, you know, wouldn't necessarily be sort of a a, a tour stop that you, you would think of. Um. But it's really cool to see that, yeah, they're sort of playing, playing in these kind of places, and then, and that people are receptive to it, and and those sort of shows are happening. But um, yeah. you know, but when I heard that, yeah, I've, apparently there's a video of it of Coffs playing like upstairs in a pub somewhere in Lincoln, like above a pub. Yeah, you know, like I an can't old, old man boozer. Played, actually, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like, incredible, you know, and that's that's what everyone used to do, and still does, because you know there wasn't a, a decent venue to put stuff on. Um, so you'd just be like, yeah, let's get some mates together and make this incredible gig happen that everyone's talking about 15 years later. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 These are the kind of things you remember, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, where did, where did you put them on in London? Um, so KLS played in, well, it was at New River Studios, but they actually oh. played in the practice room rather right. than the live gig room. I think, Brilliant. I think the venue had double booked it or something and they were like, right, so... Uh, <laughs> what can we do about that? And there are, there are practice rooms that, you know, in the same sort of unit. Um, so there was one like straight up, like death metal gig in one room. And then in the practice room, which is the size of a practice room, you know, <laughs> that normally fits just a band in. Uh, and then, yeah, like a load of people crammed in being absolutely flattened by yeah. these, uh, this mint touring band but yeah the incredible stuff yeah but, i think um, i think i said on the podcast before someone described i don't know if it was sam who described them it was it was like being shelled yes like yeah. being in a room like yeah that's absolutely accurate yeah 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 great stuff yeah, that, really yeah that, that's what you want just be absolutely flattened by a band and then you know they played short set it happened mm. and then then off to the next one amazing <laughs> so i mean we were talking about um coughs earlier and just saying like um you, you never got to see them do you know if any of them went on to do anything else after that um so i um i think they are all or, or certainly some of them are, are active i think 
I think one of them does something called forced into femininity, I think. Right. Um, but I don't, I think it's sort of more kind of like synth based. Um, and I think it was a band member who was sort of transitioning and went in, you know, started doing this sort of solo project. Um, but Anya, I think the singer who's an amazing like visual artist as well, does a lot of comics, like graphic novel sort of things. And, um, she, I think she started, you know, playing in other bands. I didn't, I sort of tried to like look it up and I didn't really put two and two together that it, she was the same sort of visual artist as, you know, and she was the singer in Coughs as well. So a lot of people sort of know her for her visual work. And then right. I remember I sort of, she like tweeted us or something and I was like, you know, she sort of referenced her old band and I was like, yeah, I know it's Coughs. It's certainly one of my favourite <laughs> ever bands. Like, um, and um, I think she. Oh, what's, I think there was something called. I think she's in a band called Lilac now, which okay. is sort of more sort of like hardcore, uh, kind of, yeah, pretty, pretty gnarly hardcore band. Um, I think she's singing as well and playing guitar, uh, not just like straight up front woman. Um, you know, just, just singing the mic, but yeah, I think play guitar as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know about the, the rest of the band, you know, they had what two percussionists, like, uh, sax, uh, yeah, different woodwinds, keys. I think there was like six of them in the band. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, I've, I've only heard Lilac, which I think is, uh, is, uh, Anya's new group. I think there's a couple of others, you know, constantly, being creative i heard she had a podcast as well called called it's called like mind ripper or something (laughs) (laughs) but it was like talking about you know sort of various so her guests would be people you know either people she played with or whose work she admires or something and you know like interesting guests that whose work you you want to talk more about like you know like this um but she would get people who wouldn't necessarily be musicians. They'd be visual artists as well. And talking about their sort of, you know, the process or, you know, the sort yeah. of cre- the creative process and how you go about it and, and what it sort of means. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool, but I, I, I don't know if it's still a goer, but yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I think you can still listen, listen to them. But yeah. Excellent. That's another yeah, one to I've, get hooked onto then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a problem with podcasts. You know, you just end up in in some sort of wormhole with them sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, there there is just too much in the world like, of yeah. music, like <laughs> and people discovering it, and it's just, you know, it's an insane amount to, of information to try and consume. But it's you know, it's it's great stuff to be able to even even that small sort of slither of of information you can you can track down and be like yes i'm you know and then somebody might end up talking about a band or that you discover something that blows your mind or turns you on to something else like that's what's exciting about podcasts because it's just people yeah sharing their sort of experience and then it might open up a whole new world of other stuff for somebody Absolutely. And I think my hope is almost like people will listen to these tracks and kind of understand kind of understand where you've come from, but also maybe delve into the bands themselves as well. Absolutely. Future, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that's a really exciting sort of prospect. Um, cool. Well, I'm, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more than uh, happy to share coughs because obviously it's, um, it's amazing music. So 
Um, yeah. We'll go into this. This is um, Eliminate. So that was Coughs, and um, I'm really glad that you've picked this next one. So uh, we're going to talk about the excellent fuck buttons. Um, now I've I've kind of like lost touch with what they've done. I know they um, they almost do music on their own now, don't they? So I think one of them is yeah. I think they I, I don't know if they did go their like separate ways totally, but yeah, for a long time, yeah, been pursuing solo endeavors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, this this track we're going to play is. Um, Colors move off um, the first record, so I, I was just saying like I've got a, a, a lot of time for that first record. It kind of it turned me on to a lot of um, not sort of world music, but kind of that sound, that sort of percussion heavy, yeah, kind of oh, noisy kind of stuff. So nice. It seems quite basic as a, as an album to get into, you know that kind of music but yeah. it really did open up a lot of no that's cool doors, I've, I've never considered that 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 might be a link but sort of listening to that and yeah you've got this sort of yeah I'd love to use the word tribal but that this sort of yeah kind of yeah I can I can see where that sort of percussive element might might lead yeah that's mm. that's really cool that you that you say that it's not a link I'd I'd made yeah um, yeah myself definitely. but I feel like um that record I spent a lot of time with because it was um it was released I think two thousand and eight, 
Yeah. Um, or late 2007, maybe. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, when you sort of walk around with an album in your ears and, you know, really absorb it, that was definitely one of those records. And I, I yeah. kind of knew it inside out at the time. So yeah, it's yeah, quite a nice surprise to see that on the list, actually. So Yeah, it was, it was sort of one that I... Yeah, when when you think of of things that sort of in you know inspire you at the time, and I was sort of looking through my list, and I was like, well, all the, all this lot are American, and there there wasn't I wasn't really aware of like an English band doing that sort of stuff, um, certainly not around that time, and then like hearing that they were from Bristol or whatever, um, I think at the time, um. And I, I got them to come up and play. I put them on in Reading wow. uh, at the Rising Sun Art Centre in about 2007, I think. Because um, it was... Who did I get to play? It was Shield Your Eyes' second gig, I think. Wow. yeah. Um, so it might have even... No, not to... Because their first show was like 2006. So, yeah, I think this was, this was somewhere in 2007, maybe February 2007. Um, yeah, Rising Sun Art Centre, which is an incredible place. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's no. like playing playing in someone's living room. It's oh, you know, it's real. really be- beautiful little art centre, wooden floor, you know, fireplace, great stuff. And that, and I, in those sort of days of putting on gigs, I didn't have a consideration that booking five or six bands w- was a problem <laughs> for anyone. Yeah. Um, and I'd book, it was always my feeling to book bands that, you know, were very different from each other. Um, so we had Shield Your Eyes, a band called Ampersand, who were are still going, I think. They're like a, um, uh, it's like three generations of the same family. Oh, um, wow, okay. Playing this really, yeah, sort of droney, percussive, sort of industrial stuff using like, scaffold and like insides of pianos and they they basically bought in these massive structures of yeah like pianos and you know clanging metal and stuff and basically set up this huge rig and then you know people were sort of coming and going and and it was you know quite a long set uh but this yeah really incredible sort of atmosphere going on um and i think uh, i forget who else on the bill um but yeah, and then fuck buttons headlined, um, and it was just absolutely sort of mind blowing. To I was like, yes, I love this band. They've come up, you know, they're getting, you know, they're they're up for coming to play, um, and I got super drunk as a promoter <laughs> anyway, and as a fan, like, and just going to I've those sort there. of gigs. Yeah. That that was just what you would do, like, yeah. I, you know, everyone. I had like, you know, bottle of red wine or whatever. I don't even like was into red wine at some point probably but yeah that seemed like a good idea and just sort of over exuberant you know drunk atmosphere um as sort of all those gigs kind of were and uh I remember reading the interview with them after the show like you know a few weeks later and they were talking about it and I I remember I was like they had their like floor tom set up you know they asked to borrow a floor tom and stuff and they had like the percussion and they were going on and I think I'd like either picked it up or knocked it over or hit or started hitting it or something. And they were like, no, 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 that's not the, that's not the vibe. You're like totally ruining it. <laughs> and I was, I was so like 
mortified that I'd like pissed them off or, or, uh, you know, like ruined their sound or what they were trying to do. And I totally didn't, you know, get, I was like, yeah, just like super hyped and started being a twat. <laughs> they probably thought. And, uh, you know, I think, I think about that often. It's like, oh man, I've, you know, really sort of embarrassed myself. But I still, I still really, you know, I love, I love that band. I went back to, um, to that record recently when I was thinking about stuff for this. I was like, yeah, that, that time was really sort of special to, uh, yeah, hear hear an English band sort of making and these sounds, you know. They've, Ben's got like a little fucking Fisher Price kids microphone going yeah. through all these pedals, and you know, Andy's got a suitcase full of like mad wires and effects going on, and all kinds. Of stuff. I was like, yes, this is totally great. And then I think I think we saw them again in there was this festival out in like not even in Winchester, like in the woods somewhere between Winchester and Basingstoke. And it was right. called Wallfire. And it was on, it only ran for like two or three years. And Sly played one year and Fuck Buttons played. And I remember sitting up on the hill and Fuck Buttons playing, you know, this that sort of sweet love for planet Earth, like, you know, oh, that yeah. beautiful sort of twinkling coming out. And then just this like mad, intense sort Screeching, of fuzzy yeah. synth, like going on. It's like, like so yeah. good. And just it's it's really you know it's like horrible like noisy stuff, but there's a really beautiful sort of line as well, and it's quite kind of euphoric. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I was just so, so excited by that band, and then yeah, going back to it, and and they actually so for the the pig, half a pigeon for the scene, I, I got them to um, submit a track because I used to do a compilation CD with each issue right, right. and it would be like of all the bands that I've put on or featured or in the issue or whatever so they sent me a track and that was Colours Move um, like a cut from because I think they released it as like an EP on their website like yeah. all one thing and it was like this 30 minute track which I think obviously they redid you know, and, and mixed and mastered it sort of properly and everything. And that became the first album. But yeah, it was like an early version of that, that they, they put on like my compilation CD. Um, and I totally forgotten that that was even a thing. And I was, I was on my, like going through my old iMac, you know, 2006 iMac, like looking up all these sort of tracks. I was like, yeah, there is number issue number two. There's that track. So I was like, yeah, that, you know, I wanted wanted to get that one in there because it's a yeah yeah it's a mint mint track and yeah yeah a, a special sort of time. I think yeah, I've, I only managed to see them twice. So like, um, it was Supersonic, and I was yeah. absolutely gutted because like well to begin with, uh, because they they started playing that first track off the album yeah. and um, it was really quiet. And I turned to my right. mates and they were like loving it. And I was like, it's so quiet. And like, I, I want it to like be blastingly loud. Yeah. Because that's well, how you experience yeah. It. All that kind of music should be. Yeah. I feel, yeah. But what they were doing was they, they built up that track for more, I think like double the time that it sort of took on yeah. the record and it just became loud. Like as it went on. Wow. And it was amazing. Yeah. Obviously yeah. After that, it was just like, yeah. Great. What was I worried about? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and then, amazing. Um, I don't know if you've been to Arc Tangent. Festival, it's kind of like a very yeah, mathy yeah. Sort did, of they, they played at Tangent. yeah, they did. Yeah, oh, it was like, cool. um, I think they played just How did that before go down really well. It was like, yeah. um, yeah, quite late at night, and they did like a laser show with it, so 
it oh, just worked yeah, really nice. well. But I guess that was yeah, kind I... of second or third album time. So yeah, yeah a, lot a bit of, um, later on, a bit more dancey maybe, but it was great. Yeah, still great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah Arc Tangent sort of when you think of it, yeah, you do think of sort of like mathy kind of guitar bands, but they do, you know, they get some sort of surprising kind of acts in there that you mm. wouldn't necessarily think with that crowd. Well, um, but I, th- I think that only works sort of better, you know, and, and serves to, yeah, it's, you know, turns people on to other stuff that they yeah exactly. might not I mean, you know, um, find in that audience. This year is quite interesting. The big lad are opening the whole thing. <laughs> which is insane because yeah, I I kind of have them down as like a two or three a.m. kind of yeah yeah, know, yeah banger sort of band but yeah, yeah they're, they're playing at like midday on a Thursday so that'll be interesting <laughs> yeah, great yeah I'm gonna try and make it down early yeah, for that well, there you go ah cool yeah nice yeah they get you know they get around a fair bit and mm. I don't I don't think it yeah I've you know I've seen them play in the middle of the afternoon and uh, yeah I've seen them play in the you know wee small hours it you know but it's always yeah always raging absolutely great. i've seen them in uh, audacious actually where you played oh yeah great yeah, that's great yeah. in front of about 10 uh, 10 crusties who were going crazy so it was, yeah it was amazing, of course amazing night. i mean that yeah they're 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 um very old good friends of ours you know like henry from shield your eyes and mm-hmm. you know we, we basically grew up in the same sort of town um so when i was putting on shows um uh, you know, in like Fleet and Reading and whatever, Henry would be around when he was like 15 or whatever, and like at the West End Centre in Aldershot and his old bands, you know, so he started playing. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd been putting his bands on. He was in a band called Mono Nowhere when they were like 15. And then, yeah, has obviously just been a totally mint drummer since then yeah. and probably before. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool to see, you know, see them getting around and, yeah, great stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Shall we play this track then? Because uh, we've been sort of harping on about it for so long. I think people yeah, need to sort of witness yeah. what we're talking get, about. Get, get it on. <laughs> so yeah, this is Fuck Buttons yeah. and it's um, Colours Move.
Excellent. Okay, so that was Fuck Buttons. Um, and I'm really, like, I'm really pleased with this whole uh, playlist, to be honest. But um, Moha uh, are a band that are sort of close to my heart. So you've picked a, a track by them uh, called Aids of Space. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how did you come across this band? Because I've got a, quite an interesting anecdote about these great um <laughs> well i think i don't know if they if they came over much but i i did see them once in bournemouth of all places right um i talked about this on a different podcast but um so there was like a collective called like crayon recordings like down on the south coast uh, i was gonna um, say I, th- I thought this might be these guys yeah, yeah so you know putting on those kind of you know all those great old noisy bands so i um became aware of their shows and they're they're not even it wasn't even that local to me so i would get the train down to bournemouth um from like basingstoke or whatever and didn't really know anyone so i'd go on my own um and then there'd be about six to ten other people at the gig (laughs) or whatever (laughs) but i so i was talking about this on a yeah different show but um so i went to see nogzact and ultralid um to yeah incredible you know uh bands from that sort of fertile improv norwegian yeah sort of noisy scene or whatever um and i've since yeah sort of followed up loads of of that stuff and all the stuff that's coming out on rune gramophone and all those kind of things and then um there was a show at this place called bumbles which was like a 80s sort of nightclub that looked like it hadn't been decorated since then <laughs> yeah and it's just sort of fallen into yeah a bit run down and knackered and these lads have just decided that that's where this incredible gig needs to happen um which is basically the perfect setting um and then i saw that yeah so they'd obviously made that connection with these norwegian bands and then i think the mohar got announced and came and played in the same place i think but yeah different maybe like a year later or something um and i I, again i don't remember there being many people there but they had this uh and probably it might have even been on the same tour when you saw them they had um they're just two piece so i think anders hannah who plays guitar in i think in nogs act and maybe yeah uh so he yeah he's playing guitar and there's percussionist and everything keys and just this absolutely like batshit sort of intense uh frenetic kind of weird kinetic energy thing going on and they're you know triggering lights and their strobes yeah. and just like a full-on assault and i'd yeah i'd never seen or heard anything like it i was like what you know their music is just it's so sort of fast paced and quick changing and they're obviously incredible musicians but like I didn't even know this existed. What it's just like frying my brain. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I think I had pretty much the same experience in Sheffield. So they <laughs> yeah. they, they, they took that rig to um, well, th- there was a, a group of sort of noise fans, I guess, who used to just put on anything they could. They were called Noise yeah. Doll Basement, and they used Great. to do um, shows in a what is now quite a cool hipster kind of bar called bar well it's the abbeydale picture house basically in sheffield right um which is an old cinema um which has been bought back from the death now so like richard dawson okay. recent recently played there and i oh quite cool yeah shows i think i've and... heard of it somebody somebody emailed me asking about playing there actually i forget the promoter but um 
that sounds familiar now with them talking yeah. about cinema yeah 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 Yeah. great Um, well yeah i'd love i'd love to see it and see what's going on there yeah but i think before the restoration they had this like sort of almost like a function room below the cinema Mm. uh called bar abbey and it was like an old school kind of i don't know like a an old like working men's club sort of thing you can imagine yeah yeah perfect you know (laughs) anniversaries there and yes yeah yeah birthdays yeah um like red uh, sort of um, benches, Absolutely. you know, like upholstered. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 great. <laughs> um, and there was, yeah, again, like ten people there. Um, yeah. You'd know every single face going to all their shows. And yeah, I, I just saw, you know, there was a band called Mohar playing from Norway. So I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Okay, yeah, and obviously it got assaulted by that light rig. Yeah, and it was just like <laughs> I've never seen anything like it since yeah. either. Really. Yeah as good yeah yeah um and it was all tri- yeah, it was all triggered just, wasn't it from the drum kit yeah I think, I think, yeah so you, that, that's all been played in real time and yeah those real like quick stabby like little like you know real quick snare hit and then the keys or whatever and yeah. sort of jumping around but it's all yeah all triggering that stuff live and they're yeah i mean they're i've got a couple of their records but that um was uh one way ticket to Candyland, i think it's yeah. called um we saw mint name, and there's there's that track like oh my god it's rave, and uh, I mean there's yeah that that whole album's great, and I uh, I think that was the first one I'd heard, so maybe came out around that time, and then went, and then I'd since sort of gone back to their their other ones like I think uh, there's one called Norwegianism or something yeah um uh and that one's called they've got really simple titles it's called like Pink One like noise one or whatever and that one's even, sort of even more abstract and less it's like all over the place it's just like really wild frenetic sounds and it's like yeah this is this is pretty incredible um and i had i had sort of we've since done a a, a record um uh, after the one that's just come out very recently we we have since recorded and mixed and mastered another one right. and i sort of had the uh, with sort of my mind on on that kind of more abstract sort of succinct succinct excuse me succinct uh way of of playing and so all the all the tracks are much shorter you know the i think the longest one's about six minutes yeah which for us is very short yeah <laughs> uh, and some some are like two or three uh yeah and and it's a lot more yeah sort of snappy <laughs> yeah um but yeah they they, they I, I just i love what they do it's in, incredible and yeah all, all all their all those sort of ruined gramophone bands and and stuff coming out on them um, uh like dread machine which mm. i think is um chettle uh bass player from dogs i think it's his label uh but yeah whatever they put out is just totally mint and yeah i, I find it yeah, very exciting. Whatever they're up to, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I keep some... trying to get like Nogzak to come over. But there's, have you heard that Burn Axis record? The new new one's just about to come out on Hominid. Um, um, no, I've I've heard, I've heard the name, but no. So yeah, Jan, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Jan Christian um, from Nogzak. It's his new group. So oh. and it's members of like Nobles and Brain Bombs. Um, it's oh, like I've heard a few tracks on the independent yeah. podcast actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the new yeah, sort of viola drums and 
guitar, I think maybe, or yeah. viola, drums and bass. Uh, but yeah, I think they're going to come over um, sort of towards the end of the year. And yeah, I'm pretty hyped to see what they're up to as well. But yeah, that record's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that'll be really interesting. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Crayon, actually, because um, again, it's a small world. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? So um, I, I know a lot of those guys quite well. Um, so yeah. some of them were in a band called Sunshine Republic years ago. Yes. Well, yeah, um, I was going to mention them and like Geisha and stuff. You yeah, know, those yeah. sort of bands will kind of play together. Like, um, yeah, great stuff. Yeah. I think they kind of led us on to meeting people like Kunal from Super 5. I don't know if you know him as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, of course. Tractor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played yeah. with Tractor <laughs> and uh, The Death of Her Money in Newport. And that kind of led on to yes. a load of other wow. people as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, my old band Flatlands did a split with Sunshine Republic in like 2005. Yes, wow. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I yeah, I remember seeing seeing it at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really strange, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, you can go back through like family trees almost and it yeah. seems like there's there's different branches that people are on and they they might know the same people but they've never met sort of thing yeah yeah thing absolutely. That with uh, robbie judkins on his podcast as well like oh actually we do know exactly the same people and we've been in the same place yeah. quite a lot of the time you know without knowing yeah, it yeah things like that yeah had you, had you met robbie or before did you um, know him or he, he no, just somebody he's, he he's always the music. sent yeah. me um records of his and tapes and yeah you know we've been uh, you know i guess online mates for years and yeah yeah exactly but we've just never yeah yeah actually met but it turns out i mean on that podcast it turns out that um he was at a house gig that we played in lancaster where there was about 20 people um yeah we just didn't know each other at the time so yeah yeah i mean there's so many you know stories like that that's you know i've i yeah I'd, i'd met him or we were writing to each other years and years you know like MySpace days, as yeah. I'm sure you've had that conversation many times. But yeah, him, he was like, yeah, come up and play in Preston, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen at the time. And then he moved down south, and then we sort of yeah connected then. Mm. Um, and then eventually he did play in Preston. He wasn't around. He was like the only person I would have known. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so so many of that, of those similar sort of tales of yeah people like yeah, but. Absolutely. into each other or writing to each other for years and then eventually one day oh wow yeah we, you've sort of already established this relationship but you've never met you know yeah absolutely that's, <laughs> but that's that's kind of that's still you know that's inspiring and and yeah you can these things can exist and you don't necessarily know each other but you know that uh you're you're sort of wanting these things to happen and you know trying to trying to make stuff come to fruition yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, it's all good. did you ever see um, Brenda from Bournemouth? The, uh, the no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> just someone called Brenda. No. Uh, <laughs> did you ever see Brenda? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, oh yes. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I don't think so. Not sure. No. What the, What were they up to? Well, they were possibly not. I think they were like members of. Um, well, I think Gish from uh, Geisha was in. Um, yeah. Sunshine as well and i think he might have been involved with it but yeah it's it's members who who went on to do other things in in bournemouth and um yeah i think a guy called alan used to run crayon 
Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. used to tour with Sunshine and uh, Brenda. Yeah. So they were almost yeah. Like interlinked. Yeah, so, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's all um, it's all part of a, a rich tapestry, I'm sure. Isn't it just Bournemouth yeah, as well? Man. Of all places. Yeah, what like... pla- Yeah, yeah. But that you, you know, saying like, you know, places like that as a stop off, and and I was saying, you know, KLS coming to play the Aikido Gaming Bar in Lincoln, like. Yeah. I, that's really cool, man. That 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 sort of reminds me of old, the sort of older way of touring. It doesn't matter where you fucking turn up, but th- there will be someone there. Yeah. Um. And and whether you you know that is like ten people that that that, that are going to have an incredible time. I I think that's really cool, and I, I'm quite keen to to go out to these sort of other places you might not necessarily think of to stop off on tour, um, because the people trying to make those things happen. Uh, that that was like me once upon a time and, you know, sort of still is. You, you still struggle to get people to come to shows or you can never guarantee who's going to come out. But I've got sort of more of a affinity for people trying to make, make things happen in, in a town where, you know, there's not a lot else going on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of, yeah, Encourage get, get involved in those. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite heartening to see that happening in Lincoln. It's it's not been the most. Um, I mean, it's been through periods of having loads happen, but I think it's just yeah. having the right people who've got the time and and the sort of willingness to do this sort of thing. It's so good. Absolutely, yeah, man. That's yeah. You've got to, yeah. got to keep at it. So I guess in that spirit, we should uh, we should probably listen to this track because we've been uh, talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of inspired a, a lot of conversations. So. Um, if you haven't heard this band, then um, get ready because it's, it's just amazing. So this is Moha, and uh, this is a track called Aids of Space. <laughs>
So we're going to uh, end the podcast um, this week with um, just some fantastic stuff. So this is Black Puss we're going to talk about. Um, so do you want to explain like who they are and, and how, how you kind of came across them, Matt? Yeah. Um, so Black Puss is the solo uh, music of uh, Brian Chippendale, the drummer from Lightning Bolt, um, who I suppose, yeah, I came to his stuff and i mean all his visual art as well and like black pus to me it just sort of encompasses all of his work as as one thing you know i, I love his visual art uh, i love you know I lo- love lightning bolt um but it's sort of distilled through chip and dale's like personality i think and into this one sort of yeah crazy sort of intense unit uh, um you know, he still plays through like a massive rack of amps. Uh, still wears the mask. He's still playing like a hundred mile an hour beats, uh, but it's all sort of super overdriven. It's just him doing it. There's no, there's not the riffs as such as as Lightning Bolt. It's just him just going for it, um, and it's totally amazing. Like I remember getting hold of the CDRs, which I think yeah, I think he put out like quite a a quick succession of CDRs that came out and then, then he started doing like full LPs for, for labels and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, this, this one in particular, I think it's a bit more subdued. Well, it starts off actually. (laughs) And then, uh, and then it very much isn't subdued, but, um, (laughs) I, I, I really love it. I love, I love the sound of his voice. You know, it's still, it's still really sort of distorted, but it's, got this really plaintive like beautiful like sing singing voice uh and he's saying I'll, I'll come when i can and it's like you know what what's what's going on here what's he singing about yeah, it sounds heartbreaking no yeah, yeah strange. Like, but he's he's sort of yeah you know coming out of these kind of uh like weird sort of really intense sort of heavy songs and you know really mad rhythms and you know his sort of overdriven drum sound or whatever and then he's got this really sort of beautiful, kind of uh, slightly pitch shifted, sort of looped, weird vocal line going on. Uh, and there was, I think there's a there's a really nice video as well that goes with it. Um, I think it it's filmed at, like on the beach or something. And there's this little sort of like Chinese dragon motif going on. And then it sort of cuts to his warehouse and like art space, like flooding. And there's, you know, like everything's like ruined by the water. And then he's sort of singing, I'll come when I can. And I don't know if they're supposed to be related. I, I don't really know what the context of that, that line is. Yeah. But I mean, it just really struck me as a really sort of heartbreaking thing. And then this huge, powerful, yeah, and it sort of builds and builds and builds. And then it, yeah, sort of washes away again at the end. It's, yeah, really, really nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite sort of um, without any context. That's quite a sort of heavy line to hear, isn't it? As well, it's, yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love stuff it, like that. It's open to interpretation, and yeah, for sure. And he's yeah, normally you know is an any of the you know lightning bolt stuff or or the um, or even the black pass things. His voice is so distorted and manipulated, like you can't really tell you know there, there's a voice there but you can't necessarily tell what it's saying um and then for that one you know he's singing it's really up front and you can definitely tell the words that he's 
saying. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it's it's sort of quite jarring and then, you know, sort of emotional. And then you're just absolutely steamrolled by the rest of his, you know, drumming later on in the track. But yeah, yeah, amazing. Absolutely. I mean, it's really, I always find it really interesting when you hear a band who are almost famous for making a noise or making some sort of impenetrable sound yeah. and then <laughs> yes. they come out with something like this and you're like wow it kind of blindsides you a bit you're like well yeah is yeah. is this you know is is there something under the rest of the music now that, that i've missed or maybe you know yeah definitely is there a message under there that's, that we yeah. may be missing yeah right that's yeah that's a really that's a really nice point like and i do feel yeah i feel sort of that way about um some of our stuff like and especially with the review you wrote for the the last one you like and a lot of people make reference to it like you know it's not it's not an easy listen or there's you know you're so used to this sort of barrage of noise and it's like this yeah this impenetrable sort of hard to listen to you know like it's really tough to to get into but actually i think if you if you listen and you give it time and you sit with it and then there's there there are there's so many more elements to it and it's not just this like you know intense distortion the whole time there's there's so much more else going on i think people sort of overlook that and then and when especially with noise sort of generally it sort of puts people's backs up and they're like oh what is this i don't i don't like it yeah you know that's like the definition of noise it's like unwanted sound uh and they're like, ah, oh, I don't know where to place this or what to do with it. But actually, you know, it can, I'm not trying not to sound patronising to anyone here, but like it can be really rewarding if you, yeah, if you sort of delve into what what else is going on there. There's, you know, there's it's not just this, yeah, big load of sort of trashy old noise. There's, there's a lot more happening. Yeah, I think um, I think the, um, the latest Sun Records are a good example of that because, you know, it, on first listen, I mean, I, I don't know if you've you've got any time for that band, but the, I, yeah, um, I do. I'll, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, the latest one, I, I feel like it's it, it's another it's another record of that tone, of course. Yeah. But the little subtleties that they throw in now, I think, are what make them still a valid band. I mean, they could have just yeah. you know thrown out another yeah, record full of feedback. The and, same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and and when you yeah when you've heard you know they're sort of instantly recognisable, um, you know, Sun in particular. But yeah, that, I I do think there are sort of many other elements there that are. I really like it when they sort of play with other musicians as well, or you know, the vocals or, mm. like, the, my favourite bit when I saw them last was when Attila like started doing this absolutely mad like screaming like like wailing i was like yes this you know the rest of it you can kind of sink into and you know let it wash over you and it, i find it really peaceful like i have I've, like as i'm sure loads of people have I've, it was a sat seat and gig so i just fell asleep yeah. <laughs> and i don't I, I don't think that's a bad thing it was like really peaceful and i was i really like i, I find listening to that kind of stuff it can, it can be really relaxing yeah it's almost like bathing in that Noises, yeah just so. letting it and it puts you in a, a certain place and you, it can be the, this sort of trance or whatever but then you're sort of snapped out of it by yeah um 
yeah, Tiller's vocal was just this piercing, mad scream. It's like, yes, what is going on here? Yeah, slightly insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, like when they had Scott Walker, they do collaboration. So oh, yeah. you know, his incredible voice on on those sounds, you know, that's that's what made that a really you know special sort of collaboration yeah. as well. I um, I really regret the fact that they never performed that with him, or if they mm, did, I missed mm. it. Because, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was ever. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean that that video for Soused, is it the song Soused from? Yeah. The collaboration, it's just, it's like what Black Mirror should be using for the <laughs> soundtrack. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. postmodern and really odd and unsettling. Yeah. Fantastic well, stuff. That's yeah. what should be going on. Yeah. Did you um, catch Lightning Bolt on there? little tour they did recently mm, yeah well maybe what like in the summer or yeah last since summer, yeah, yeah yeah i did um they played in the black heart in camden oh which was like <laughs> yeah like not a big room no and it was i think august or something so it yeah. was pretty warm um yeah and i was still like i i still had i think i'd because I had an operation on my arm in like June, That's right, so I was yeah. still I still had a car, well a sling on, and I was like really wary of people. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what those kind of gigs are like, and I was like, I do want to get in and I want to see them, uh, you know, but I also am wary that I've got like Very an eighteen inch scar on my yeah. arm, and it's, yeah, like I I I and I'm sort of trying to protect that. Yeah. Uh, not the best but, situation. Yeah, but I was like, I really, I really want to go. I want to, you know, I do. It's been, I hadn't seen them for years. I wanted yeah. to, yeah, to get involved. And yeah, and it was great, but it was just, it was like too mad. It was, yeah, like couldn't see or, you know, it, it, the sound was just like, you know, it was like too much. It was like no detail left. It was just yeah. like, but, um, which sometimes is fine, but yeah, it was, yeah, I've I've seen them a lot of times before, but um, and we've I think I can't remember if we've seen Black Puss on his own, uh, but me yeah, me and Kaz, um, drummer and Sly like went to see Lightning Bolt at the Dome one year in in Tufnell Park, yeah, um, and they built this little stage extension, so it sort of went halfway out or you know a third of the way out into the sort of where the pit is or whatever, and then everyone around it. And uh, some guy was like hitting Chippendale's drums, <laughs> like like I did with fuck buttons. But Chippendale just like punched this guy back, <laughs> like start or hit him with his drumstick or something, or just like clocked him, uh, or just caught him. And I think it like he was start like pissing blood, or you know like it hurt him. <laughs> yeah, and he like was really disrupt disrupting the kit. It's like, oh man, it's all like kicked off. Um, but yeah, that gig was just—they were absolutely wild that night. And yeah, yeah, I've still still got a, a lot of time for that band. And like, I I do what yeah, or me and Kaz watched the um, have you seen the Power of Salads and Milkshakes? Their like DVD. No, um, sadly not. It's like an old an old tour DVD of them getting ready to go across America. And there's like all the practice footage of them hanging out and just going on tour. And they played a gig in someone's kitchen in Texas somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then 
like and then the police turn up obviously and there's yeah there's about 10 people there or whatever and the lightning bolt are playing in the kitchen <laughs> and then Chippendale gets in the fridge after the kick of course. <laughs> so I just need to I just need to sit in here for a bit now yeah, <laughs> yeah like, absolutely but yeah I mean those sort of I love watching stuff like that because we've all you know we have sort of all done it and you know been on tours where we played a house show or you know something ridiculous has happened like yeah man that's you know <laughs> those sort of experiences you're not gonna you know get anywhere else you you travel to a place where yeah people you probably wouldn't meet otherwise and it it offers you these sort of opportunities for for really amazing times and i suppose that's what you you know what i find inspiring and exciting because you you, know, you want to seek that stuff out absolutely yeah, you... yeah. i mean it, it, i i will always remember like this that house gig that i referenced earlier in lancaster because it was literally a basement you couldn't stand up in yeah and i've told this anecdote on this podcast before but someone bought a tree in um <laughs> while we were playing and we, yeah, they were like yeah, shoving course. it in our face and we were i was having <laughs> yeah, to snap branches so it wasn't blinding me um yeah that's yeah, yeah that kind perfect. of thing of, co- yeah. of course that's happening like yeah, yeah all right yeah. um <laughs> yeah. and someone bowled a pumpkin down the street um someone climbed yeah. onto the roof of the house yeah, um, the night perfect. ended with um, people doing karaoke to Kate Bush. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was one of those nights. Yeah. It was just like, what yeah. is actually happening? But you know, <laughs> without there the you bands, go. you know, this wouldn't just happen. Just wouldn't happen at all. Yeah, so. yeah, and yeah. you have to think, yeah, in what sort of weird parallel universe is that happening? Like <laughs> elsewhere, like yeah. you know, that it probably is happening in another town. Yeah, <laughs> almost identical. Yeah, uh, like the, these stories sound really unique, but it probably happens more than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a small, sure. <laughs> small purview of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Whoever's uh, <laughs> listening to the podcast, would be like, yeah, they've they've all got stories like that. But that's you know, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, thanks for joining me. It's been a really nice chat about music, as ever. Thanks, podcast, man. Yeah, so. thank you ever so much for uh, for taking the time and for yeah. It's possibly the longest we've ever enjoyed as well. So. Our records. Well, uh, you know that's a good thing, probably. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll end with this. Um, it's um, Black Puss, and it's off their 2011 album. So um, yeah, we are going back a little bit with this. Uh, but yeah, this is I'll Come When I Can. Um, thanks to Matt. Um, you can check out um, Sly and the Family Drone. Is it just Sly and the Family Drone dot com or? Um, I think it's Family Drone on Bandcamp. There you go, much easier. Um, but you can, yeah, the new record is in record shops. And if, if it isn't, get onto your record shop and get them to get it or get it from us at gigs. Um, yeah, I was going to say, even better. It's, go just, and see yeah, live. it's just come out. Yeah, that's that seems to be the way. But yeah, you can get it, you know, on your digital streaming platforms if that's how you choose to live your life. Um, but yeah, come and see us and uh, get one for yourself. and See what we're up to. Excellent. Thanks for being on. Thanks, man. Nice one, Mike.